0: Well, the Nashville Predators are officially in the playoffs, but there's a bit of a melancholy tint over it, uh, and that is because the health of UC Saros is now in question, the latest on him. And what are the Preds' playoff chances if he doesn't get back healthy? Uh, And also, is David Riddick going to be the guy, or could we maybe see Connor Ingram? down the stretch that's another conversation we're gonna have uh and we haven't even talked about the game last night yet one of the craziest games i can remember being a part of as a predators fan in quite some time all coming up today on the locked on predators podcast
1: your locked on predators your daily podcast on the nashville predators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. And I have a partner in crime who, uh, like me, is very, very tired.
1: Yes. I'm emotionally exhausted from last night. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com
0: emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted because uh by the time you you had the recap for on the four check i did uh, i was doing stuff for locked on now i was also doing uh just uh, a couple of playoff breaker posts for on the four check uh so by the time i could like decompress from hockey enough to like lay down without Mm -hmm. having a panic attack it was like one in the morning there that.
1: are not enough CBD gummies in the world
0: no. <laughs> for no. last night. Oh, oh, golly! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I live in Ohio. I might need to make a drive to Michigan, uh, where there is more, stronger legal options available. <laughs> for, uh, for sure. Um, So, yeah, normally we start off, we we do our recap from the game, we do the one word, all that good stuff, but uh, we we have to jump straight to the meat and potatoes of Joe, and that's UC Soros. Uh, For for those of you who who didn't see the game last night, uh, Soros sometime late in the third period, still not exactly sure when, um, you know, got up, it was right before Pred's power play, uh, went to the bench, you know, kind of looked like he was favoring his leg a little bit. Trainer looked at him, took him down the hallway, uh, and it, when you saw him walk down the hallway, and I think that's when people realize, okay, some, something's wrong. This isn't an equi- This isn't just an equipment issue. This isn't, you know, oh he he got just a hard shot off the leg or something like that. And he looked in pain Mm -hmm. and a couple of trainers had to actually kind of like put them on put them under their arm and like kind of carry them down um it didn't look good and that of course would change everything for the nashville predators over this last couple weeks of the season
1: yeah he definitely could not make it down the tunnel without assistance and i think the collective stomachs dropped uh in nashville because UC Saros is truly a key to the Predators getting to the offseason and hope of them having success in the offseason. So much of that rests with his great performance this season. And it was a really odd moment because you couldn't pinpoint uh, um, any sort of contact or any particular play where something happened. You, You kind of saw him get up in the crease and sort of, adjust, you know, kind of shift his weight. And then the next thing you know, he's going off and down the tunnel. And this is huge. I can't think of another player, including Forsberg, including Yossi, including Duchesne, that is more necessary to the Predators moving forward than UC Soros. This is huge and not in the good way. So there's
0: a a Twitter user, and I apologize if you're listening. Uh, I I can't remember who it was, but they sent in a video um, of of what they thought maybe might have happened. And that was about seven minutes left in the game. UC Saros kind of slid over. Um, This was the play in which, like, you know, the puck went behind the boards on a penalty kill. Um, and bounced right in front of the crease. And I think it was uh, Matthias Ekholm that kind of dove. Uh, it looked like on that replay that Saros's skate might have either hit the post or gotten caught on the outside of the post or something like that. Um, and when he slid back over the other way, you could kind of see him almost like wrench at an awkward angle. Mm. Um, but he stood up and, and kept playing. Um, somebody said that they thought he, he may have gotten – looked up gingerly. Uh, There's another play uh, a little while later where it was kind of a non-contact and um, you know, he, he went down to kind of bl- like block the crease on a dump in. Um, and when he stood up, he kind of got up awkwardly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought maybe there's a non-contact thing there. Um, we don't know. Uh, we are expecting to hear more from John Hines later today. He, he said he didn't have a, uh, a update last night. He said he was going to be checked out and evaluated today. As you mentioned though, Anne, I mean, Even if it's this like a minor thing, like just, you know, a tweaked ankle, Mm -hmm. something like that, um, that's something the Preds can't afford. I mean, they can't have UC Soros anything less than 100%.
1: This is one of those positions where you just can't substitute in, you know, and again, like I said, this is so much bigger than even losing Roman Yossi, who's having a phenomenal year. UC Saros is irreplaceable the way that this team has decided to go forward with their goaltending decisions. And this is nothing. Hear me. This is nothing against David Riddick personally. David Riddick probably is not a, a playoff contention goaltender. And I say that with love in my heart um, for him because I That's think he's... That's the
0: a- nicest way to say what you really want to say, right? Now.
1: I mean, you know... I- He's an NHL goaltender, so he's not nothing. But this is not somebody who the Predators, I think, can feel confident playing in front of in a playoff scenario, especially against a team like the Calgary Flames or, God forbid, the Colorado Avalanche. UC Soros has, in each of the games against the Calgary Flames, he has really performed so well, and that's been a very important component of the success the Predators have had in those matchups. This is something that you can't just put another person in and necessarily recreate. And so it opens up a whole big discussion of what do the Nashville Predators do in net going forward? Even if you see Soros just tweaked something and he's going to miss these last two games, what is the game plan going forward? Do you put Riddick in net? Do you bring up Connor Ingram? There's a lot of questions and it's a little bit frustrating because you and I have talked before at the trade deadline. This was one of those positions that everybody was like, "Look, if y'all are serious about uh uh making a deep run, making a significant splash in the postseason, we don't have the backup goaltender for that," said with love, and here we are.
0: It kind of reminds me of back in uh 2006 where the predators were basically at the time the best year uh in their franchise history thomas vocoon uh was a basically a Vezina front runner there's a lot of people that had him um as a Vezina favorite um and then with a few weeks left in the year he had a um you know i can't remember exactly what it was but it was some kind of condition like a blood clot condition or something like that. Long story mm-hmm. short, he winds up missing the rest of the year. Chris Mason comes in. Um, we love Mace, but you can tell he wasn't that same sort of game stealing impact. Correct. It was before. Here's what I'll say about the Preds' current goaltending situation. Um, I love David Riddick as a yes. person. He is super fun, super nice guy. Um, and again, he is an NHL goaltender. Um, But so that's that's not for nothing. Yep. This season, he has been a liability like Ben Harper, like a Ben Harper level of liability, (laughs) whereas it's not even the point where he's on the ice. He's not as good as you know, it's not like he's just a step down from UC Saros. He is somebody that will lose a game. Like that is something that where his impact will lose a game. And I, you know, I don't, I don't say that again with malice. I am just saying what I see as a, I I guess a commentator, Mm -hmm. uh, what I see when I, when I look at the stats, Um, whereas like UC Soros is stealing games that the Preds should have lost. Very true. David Riddick has been giving up games the Preds could have won. Um, And I think that is my concern going forward. The the two goals last night, uh, uh, everybody is saying, oh, you know, you hate that for David, that's tough on David. Those are – those are saves a regular NHL goaltender should have, and I get it. They, things happen. Maybe, right. maybe that's you know, maybe we're being too harsh. Maybe it's one of those things where, <laughs> you know, you, you say, um, "Oh well, you know, every NHL goaltender gives up a softie like those every now and then. Uh, it just happens that his came in two crucial moments. True, but it's not." This first time this season, we've seen him give up goals like that either.
1: The overtime goal, I think, is is really a, a tough pill to swallow because it's not like I can see the point one second goal, and we'll talk about kind of a game recap in just a minute. I can see that last second goal. You know, he had everything sealed off but the one spot. And of course, Kachuk finds the one spot because he is, anyway. But that overtime goal is really, a, that one's a tough one to swallow because it's not like there was any exceptional play. It's not like this was a shot like Roman Yossi's rocket of a shot, you know, in the in the first or second period. You know, this was just a regular shot on net and it just watching it slide behind Riddick and pass that goal line, just your stomach just sinks. It, it was, that was a rough, rough one. Um, and one of the debates that people are having is, is this Heinz's fault?
0: I mean, <laughs> I, I think people are saying that from like the, the point of view where he shouldn't have been playing Soros this many games. But you saw firsthand why he was. Right. Yeah. What do you do do if, you know, (laughs) let's say this was, you know, a a couple of weeks ago, like, let's say this was the game. I'm just trying to pick a game. Let's just say this was a game uh, that UC Sorrow stole in which the Predators Mm -hmm. gave up 40 shots or something like that. Um, And instead of the Predators winning like four to one or, you know, three to two or whatever, they lost seven to four. Right. Then, what's the criticism? Why aren't you playing UC Soros in your most important game of the season? Yeah. yeah. What do you do there if you're John Hines? Um, you know, I, 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 yes, I would have loved to see UC Soros maybe get some breaks down the stretch, um, especially because of the volume he is. But what's what's the better option for the Preds? Right. Like what else? What do
1: games you- do you sacrifice? What games are you comfortable saying? okay, we're going to give this one up because there are so many that UC stole.
0: And if there's anybody to blame for that, it's the Nashville Predators as a whole uh, for the last two months, sweating it out against these bad NHL teams, giving up 40 to 50 shots a game in a game where your defense should be stepping up and making some plays Um, And now you're going into like the late run of the season when you have all these back-to-backs having to win, having to play Yes. Saros. So if you're going to blame anything, just blame the way the Preds have been playing.
1: Yes. And Saros has the most games of any NHL goaltender this season. He's played 67 games. He's two ahead of Connor Hellebuck, but he is carrying a very similar workload to Thatcher Demko, to Andre Vasilevsky, to Jacob Markstrom. So it's not like this is you know, exponentially obscene. Yes. And again, I come back to what do you do? If the predators, like you said, had locked some of this stuff up earlier, can we just talk about march and regret? You know, had that happened, we would maybe be in a different place. But the calls online I've seen for this is on Heinz. This is one reason we need to fire Heinz. This is ridiculous. So let's just stop talking nonsense.
0: Yeah. to want to talk about the Connor Ingram factor uh, mm-hmm. and do you see a possibility that he might come up uh first though i want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at hello fresh with hello fresh you get uh, farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep so you can skip trips to the grocery mm-hmm. store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit Talk about this all the time. I love HelloFresh. I've been using their boxes for years. Uh, Basically, I get in weeks where I am stressed out because my hockey team is doing something dumb with 0.1 seconds left in a game. Um, Lots of other work and, and day job stuff that I just don't have time or energy to either go to the grocery store or cook. That's why I always order a box of HelloFresh instead. They send me the recipes. They send me all the pre-portioned ingredients, cooked ready to go. uh, And it only takes me 20 minutes to throw them together. So I have a easy to eat, easy to cook, and easy to clean up after meal ready in just a matter of moments with not a lot of fuss. Uh, HelloFresh is a proud partner of the Nashville Predators and fueling hockey fans everywhere. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedPredators16. Use code LockedPredators16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that URL is HelloFresh.com slash LockedPredators16. And the code at checkout is LockedPredators16. Yeah, the interesting thing, Ann, about this goalie situation is, you know, if Saros is out, Um, you know, who does anybody slide back up, you know, or the Connor Ingram, uh, I know a lot of people have talked about him. I know Milwaukee has a, a playoff series coming up as well, but Nashville might be the priority there.
1: Yeah. Well, the Milwaukee admirals serve at the pleasure of the president, as they say, you know, if Nashville wants to call up Connor Ingram and feel like they need him, you know that's going to trump milwaukee's playoff run but this is a tough situation because i like i mean we like what we've seen from connor ingram not just the couple times we've seen him here in nashville but he's having such a strong season in milwaukee you know he's really uh, come into his own midway through this season but you are bringing connor ingram up and you are tossing him into you know the fire and It's not, this is not an easy ask for anybody to come up and jump into playoff hockey against. You look at Calgary and think about what, you know, we saw last night, what that type of series would look like. Oh my gosh. But then you think the alternative is Colorado and nobody wants that. So this is a big ask, regardless of who they decide to put in net. If Saros is, if, Saros is not ready to go in the postseason. This is a big ask for the netminder that the Predators decide to put in net. I personally think they need to bring up Ingram. I think they should bring him up and start him against Colorado and see how it goes. Um, but
0: yeah. you know, I, I don't know, the thing is, I think Connor Ingram gives you probably your best chance to win a playoff series. Yeah, well, yes, and and- he's been playing more, but so it's not like he's mm-hmm. coming in ice cold, you know, he's playing time under his belt. Um, You know, I, I don't it, it's going to be interesting, you know, if they plan to ride Riddick, uh, of course, and this is, you know, guessing if you see right. Certain- there we we still for all we know he he may start game one we don't know right we don't know Um, but this is all backup plan um I'll tell you what's not gonna happen is you're not gonna see Yaroslav Askarov as as for some reason Twitter decided would be the contingency plan last night
1: I don't know how you quite make that and love Askarov but I don't know where at like that is a jump Like, you are jumping, if you're saying (laughs) Asker. Like, this is not even, this is not doable. This is not how this works. It's not how any of this works.
0: No, it's, you know, you talk about a cold goaltender. (laughs) A guy who has not played a second of North American hockey and has been a backup in Europe this entire season. Yeah,
1: he's been blackballed by his own team there. Like, Yeah. yeah, this isn't, no, this, no, just... No, <laughs> no. Uh,
0: no. Well, uh, Let's talk about the game last night, Anne.
1: Oh, <laughs> it Lord! Was
0: wild,
1: insane, insane. Yeah, yeah. This was, it was, was this was exhausting.
0: Yeah. So the Predators went back and forth. Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, you probably heard about it. Uh, Preds <laughs> were up four to three late in the game. The countdown was on, and with 0.1 second left on the clock. Matthew Kachuk tied the game um and then on a pretty lackluster mm. overtime, Elias Lindholm won it for the Calgary Flames. Uh, again, Preds wound up clinching a playoff spot anyway, which some reason we haven't even talked about yet. I know
1: we're we're still we're, not there.
0: Yeah, we're still not there uh thanks to to Vegas losing a year as well. uh let's let's start with the game though and what's your what's your word to describe last night's game? <laughs>
1: um i really had to filter to get through the you know fcc compliant words but i finally decided that the best one word to describe this game is to quote the legendary voice of wisdom and truth ron burgundy by saying i'm in a glass case of emotion emotion i'm in a glass case of emotion This game was the most, like truly, one of the most exhausting, intense, physical, what the hell is happening, oh my gosh, we're going to win it, what in the flag, Nog? Everything. I mean, there were great things about it. The Predators battled hard. This was a strong game for the top guys. You know, it had a playoff feel to it. So there were some good things to it. There were some bad things to it. When you see Soros goes off the ice injured, like you don't emotionally recover from that.
0: You felt the crowd deflate. Like you really. Oh,
1: instant. Yeah. Instant effect in Bridgestone Arena and around Nashville for people watching. So it just was a glass case of emotion, and also the penalty box. I'm going to start referring to as a glass case of emotion because so many fights ended, you know, with people in. At one point, there were four predators in the penalty box in, yeah. in the beginning of the second period. So this was just high emotion game. Ron Burgundy nailed it.
0: Yeah, the the player uh, the. the- the penalty box thing kind of brought shades back to that one wet <laughs> game where there's like 6 yes. players in there. Uh, it kind of looked like that new stuffed crust pizza commercial where just everybody's in the room having to yes. like move around. Yep. Um, this game, this game reminded me of the entire series Game of Thrones. <laughs> this was, like this entire series <laughs> yes. this entire game was like game of thrones you know it starts off you know you're not sure what's happening but there's a lot of action going on people are swinging swords getting their heads chopped off fighting out on the ice mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff you know you, you kind of pick it up it picks up in the middle of the game the prince starts showing some spunk Uh, It looks like, you know, this is going to be kind of an all-time game that fans remember for the rest of their lives. And then the final season, a.k.a. the final five minutes of the game, uh, it just all falls apart and just becomes one of the most emotionally deflating experiences um, I think Preds fans have had. To the point where it's like, People aren't even celebrating the Preds being in the playoffs.
1: You almost can't get to it. You almost
0: can't get to it because it's like the game itself um, was kind of like a microcosm of, you know, how fans have kind of feel about the Nashville Predators right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the UC Soros thing. Nobody's really quite enjoying that. And it just goes like all of this, you know, entire sort of uh, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one of those things. It's like, what's like, what was the point of all that? Like, why did I stay up to watch this? Why am (laughs) I investing all this time in this? You know, if I'm just going to have this sort of ending that makes me feel bad.
1: Right. No, this was a game. Had I not been recapping it, I would have had to step away at times just to kind of regain my Jesus because it was, it was all that. It was just, yeah, it was that game. It was game of Thrones a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, It was a good game for a number of Nashville Predators players. You know, Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg all showed up big time for the Predators. Um, But again, you just it's so overshadowed by losing UC Soros. It's really hard to get to the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let's try to get to the good stuff. (laughs) We should. Yeah, we'll do that in, in just a second.
1: Yeah, but first I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Nick and I have talked about this. We are both big Built Bar fans, not just because they're healthy, but because they are an easy, healthy snack that you can just throw into your life and go. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, even their Built Bar Puffs, which are a protein-infused marshmallow. I know it sounds science fiction, but honestly, it's just delicious. They have all sorts of great flavors at Built Bar. They have a cinnamon churro. They have a mint brownie. They have a double chocolate that will knock your socks off if you like chocolate. And the great thing is Built Bar are packed full of protein. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and they are packed with 17 grams of protein. So you can grab a Built Bar, enjoy that sweet chocolatey taste, great flavor, and know that you've made a better choice than the KitKat that you normally go for at 3 o'clock. So take a look at Built Bar. They have, again, great flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry barcia. Literally, if there is a flavor you like, Built Bar probably makes it. And they are always coming out with new flavors every month. So check out their website at built.com and see what they have available at Built Bar, they are all about the taste and you get tons of protein with it. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code Locked15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code Locked15 for 15% off at built.com
0: So for the eighth year in a row, the national predators are in the playoffs, and Yay! Uh, which is kind of a, you know, kind of a wild road to get there considering a lot of us. Didn't really think that. Uh, no. So, Preds eight consecutive playoff appearances, uh, tied for the second longest streak in the league. They are tied mm-hmm. with the Washington Capitals. Uh, the only team ahead of them is the Pittsburgh Penguins, has sixteen consecutive playoff appearances and three Stanley Cups. Um, so, you know the the Preds have been to the playoffs more often over the past a little bit than you know teams like the Boston Bruins. The Tampa Bay, who are a dynasty right now, Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, who, you know, have won three Stanley Cups over the past decade. So I don't think this kind of consistency, Anne, is anything that Preds fans should be sort of dismissing.
1: No, it really is a it is a big thing, and like you said, especially when you look back at where expectations were at the end of last postseason, where expectations were at the beginning of this season, this is a competitive rebuild. If you look at a lot of the predictions for the Central Division, Nashville was at the bottom or second to the last, there were no expectations across the league for how the Predators would be able to perform and kind of get through this competitive rebuild. This was going to be a painful year, and it really hasn't been. This has been an amazing year. You look at the record setting going on with the Nashville Predators. You look at some of these games that they've been able to pull out. You look at some of the performances. This is this is big, it just feels hard to get there this morning, but this is really a, a big thing for this franchise. And I think especially this year, uh, this is an uh, exceeds expectations.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, I know a lot of people have kind of been in the bandwagon. It's like, oh, you know, I'd rather, I hate getting to the playoffs and just losing, you know, I'd rather, you know, be more consistent. Getting to the playoffs is hard. Yes. NHL. I mean, look at the look at the last little bit. I mean, the last two Stanley Cup runner ups have missed the playoffs the next year. Yeah. I mean, this is no easy task to get to the postseason. Um, and I don't think a, a lot of people really appreciate that. To be consistently good enough to get into the playoffs each and every year. Um I mean, that's a struggle. And like we said, like even some of the teams that have been consistently good over the past decade have had slip ups. They've had yes. bad years. Remember, Tampa inexplicably uh, missed the Stanley Cup playoffs only, you know, a couple only like, you know, a year after getting to the Stanley Cup finals. So it's nothing to dismiss. I mean, right. this is hard to do. Um, and, and I get it it's frustrating to kind of be always you know the last team in you know you miss out on the chance of a lottery pick and then you know you, you lose in the first round um, but I still think getting here is an accomplishment
1: it's and huge I, and yeah. I
0: don't think it, it's anything minor
1: no I think it's huge and I also think you know, again, we've talked about John Hines and I know that he is for some people in the hockey sphere, you know, enemy number one, but you look at what he has been able to do with a team that really had no business getting to the postseason. It was a hot mess. And looking at even the components of this team at the beginning of the season expectations, we would not have thought that we would have been frustrated in March that the team wasn't doing as well as they were. I, you know, this team has exceeded expectations, and it's it's okay to celebrate that. Like, are the Predators going to lose in the first round? Well, I sure hope not, uh, but it's still an accomplishment. The Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win for a reason, and Nashville being able to consecutively make it, in, you know, they're building something here. They're doing some things right. Let's hope they can do some things right into the second round, but, you know, we'll tackle that when it comes.
0: Let's hope. Yeah. Um, look, all the players sitting history this year as well. Incredible. I mean, it's, it's crazy to have, you know, a season like Roman Yossi, but look at everything he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his, he got his 93rd point last night. Um, first player since Brian Leach to reach that plateau, which was all the way back in 1993. Uh, he's got two more games to possibly add some more. Um, an, uh, an unbelievable record for defensemen, but it's not just him. I mean, Philip Forsberg having his best career season. Um, you know, Matt Duchesne with 42 goals. He has had his yes. best career season. A year yeah. after he had 13 points. 13 points. That was all he had last season. It seems like he has that many in a game sometimes.
1: <laughs> Matt Duchesne has had a phenomenal year. It's been a breakout year. He has had the talent this Circumstances have been difficult. Last night, our friend Brian Baston asked John Hines about Matt Duchesne's year, how he went from 13 points last year, and what the difference is in this season. And this is what John Hines had to say.
2: You know, I think the big thing with Matt is he, he's 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 a talented player, as you know, as we all know. But you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. You know, he's he's come in and you know, I think he's he's playing at a level competitively. That gives him a chance to access his skill. You know, he's uh, with with him and some other guys. We talked about um, how can you be, you know, elite drivers of a team that your your talent level says you should be there. But there's also a lot of other components. It's it's the way you it, it's how competitive you are. It's your reliability and durability, night in and night out, to play at a high level. Uh, I think his commitment to play without the puck is 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 very strong. Like these guys can play against you know top lines and. You know, for him, it's it's really been his, his the consistency level in, in which he's played with. And when you play at the competitive level he's played at this year, your skill is going to be able to come out. And, uh, you know, I think it's great for him. You know, we we had a lot of discussions with him. I'm proud of him. And, you know, it's nice to see him get rewarded for the work and the commitment that he's put in to be a driver of a team.
0: Yeah, and it's not just him either. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Ryan Johansson. Look yes. Ryan Johansson's had it. I remember he was also – kind of on the block last year a lot of people were, were expecting him to maybe get traded or cut. he's got 61 points having a big bounce back year um yeah and, and even like somebody like mikhail grandland who oh huge was year. All, who we thought had always been kind of underrated his mm-hmm. last couple years he got his 51st assist last night um only the fifth uh 50 plus assist season in nashville Predators history. So I mean, you you look at all of these individuals who have really bought in and stepped up their game and that's what I think gives me a little bit of hope for the future. Um of course that's all going to depend on what happens with Philip Forsberg. Yes. But true. Th- there is a lot to be happy about with this team this year and there is, you know, who I'm not going to make any bold predictions or anything, but, you know, I mean, it does give you a little bit of hope for the postseason that, you know what, maybe there's enough here.
1: Yes. And I think the key word that John Hines said there, and I think a key word for this team this season is competitive. This team, they have dropped some ridiculous games and and we acknowledge that. I acknowledge like what happened in Seattle, y'all. They have dropped some ridiculous games. But when it comes to a team like Calgary, they are competitive. You know, whether it is, you know, they've tapped into individually kind of a competitive spirit. But I think that this is a competition level set aside talent. This is a competition level and a commitment level that I don't think we've seen from the Predators since like the Stanley Cup run, the president's trophy year, where we've wondered, like, where is the fire? And I think the Predators have that fire and you're seeing the results of it coming on the score sheet for these players. So there is a lot to like about what we're seeing from the Predators. And there's a lot to look forward to in the postseason. But let's just hope we get UC Saros back.
0: Yeah, well, we talked about uh, the Flames potentially being a first-round playoff matchup. We could see another potential first-round playoff matchup tomorrow night. Uh, the Preds take on the Colorado Avalanche I'll have a preview of that game tomorrow. Until then Anne, where can the fine people find your work online?
1: You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me on Twitter uh, at underscore NSMorgan. Read my work at ontheforecheck.com. Also, uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video and leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of today's show. That's going to do it for us today on Locked on Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow.